Hey, James. NBA Straya, what's up? It's me, Nick Hexum from 311. Recognize that? Of course you do. It's the NBA Straya theme song. I just want to say that I really enjoyed checking out your podcast, and I want to thank you for being the biggest 311 boosters down under, and congratulations on your one thousandth episode of NBA Straya. I want to give a mea culpa, which is I'm so sorry that 311 has not gotten down there since 98, but we're coming. It's going to happen. It's been in discussion. We got really close last year. We're going to make it happen. We have a new awesome manager. And so look forward to meeting all of our Australian fans and thank you for keeping the home fires burning for 311, James. And uh, keep rocking with the podcast. Really enjoyed it. I love basketball. And I want to remind you to always stay positive and love your life. Thank you for being down with the Unity. Congrats. Here's to 1,000 more episodes. Peace. Straya, how good was that? That's right, Nick from 311, jumping on, congratulating for the 1,000 episodes of NBA Straya. That was sick. Anyway, that's right, it is NBA Straya. How are you going? I hope you're well. It's Friday, December 15. TGIF, am I right? Jeez, I'd hate to be a tin in about 45 minutes. Uh, I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website called CodeBet. You can find that at codebet.com.au. Uh, you can also see me on Fox Sports Lab NBA, Fox Sports Lab NFL, CodeBet Daily. Uh, what else? We've got Cricket Today. We've got the Football Today podcast that launched as well. A lot going on. I'm here in Larry Armour Studios. A little bit hungover, a little bit dusty from the Christmas party yesterday. But still feeling pretty good. Had some good games uh, to sit through today as well. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We had the awesome Kentucky Jewel. You had that Cleveland-Boston game that was kind of awesome. Uh, we'll have a little bit more of the Draymond sort of suspension fallout. You've got Giannis, Ballgate, which was pretty funny and weird. Uh, but we'll wrap all that up in the NBA Australia. Game rest, we got that's not a knife. Old mate, mermaid, spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. we got Yanaz. we got popular pit of the day. Now back take us where we're serving up a flame grill take. Uh, I believe we're going to have an Andrew Gaze Grey Mum Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Uh, we could also just do a Sweaty Harry Bloke of the Week. We'll see what happens. And then we'll preview the entire weekend slate for you. But I don't know, I'm just a bit giddy because we just had 311 just pop on the show. How good was that? God, that's fun. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. Episode 1006 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. You better watch out for the Giannis attack or the Bucks attack if you're like, you know, folks in Indy. Uh, the Giannis Ballgate thing was pretty weird, so let's start there with the daily whip around. 
Uh, it's either there or we start with 311 because that was sick. The Nick X. <laughs> uh, from 311 is just like, yeah, how good's NBA Australia? Thousand episodes. That's fucking amazing. Uh, but anyway, the Giannis Ballgate from yesterday was hilarious. Um, we saw Giannis lose his mind after scoring 64. Trying to basically get in a punch on with Indy. He's like kicking down doors into like the visitor locker room, losing his mind, yelling at everybody. And uh, then it turns out it looked like the Pacers had taken the game ball to give to one of their uh, young dudes for his first NBA point, uh, ignoring the fact that he actually did score a point in an in-season tournament game the other day. Amazing gear. But also, uh, it feels like the Bucks had the game ball all along. So Giannis losing his mind out of nowhere was pretty fun. Pretty weird. For me, it's sort of strange sort of setup for Giannis, I think, where it's like, ah, oh, isn't it fun and cute? He's a Greek dude. He does it. He just fucking loves smoothies. That bloke loves smoothies. It's great. How cool is this? And now he's, you know, two-time MVP. He's won a title. And now it's kind of like, oh, I'm a really hard-nosed competitor. I want to take everybody down. This is like his MJ Kobe kind of remake. I kind of don't mind it. Anyway. But speaking of which, the Pacers brought back James Johnson, a.k.a. Bloodsport. That's right, MMA fighter James Johnson, also a basketball player in his spare time. It feels like this was in direct response <laughs> to, to the Bucks and Giannis like flipping out. And it's like, if James Johnson's on the other team, you know what doesn't happen? That. So, yeah, I love Bloodsport. It just gives that Pacers team a bit of a harder edge because they do feel very soft and push-aroundable. Uh, the Kings also are signing. There's only one Toscano Anderson. That's right, the Kings. I love there's only one Toscano Anderson. He's obviously played with the Warriors, the Lakers, the Yaz. He's been in the uh, G League. Has one. That's good. Uh, and George McGuinness died, which is very sad. So the Pacers put out a statement about that as well. He was the very definition of an Indiana base, uh, basketball legend, a champion, and a Hall of Fame athlete. But he was more than that. George was family. That's really sad. 71. So, yeah. Uh, other little bits and bobs. Steve Kerr talked about the Draymond Green suspension. It's about more than basketball. It's about helping Draymond, the one who choked Rudy, the one who punched Jordan. That's the guy that who needs to change. No shit, Steve. It was interesting. Kendrick Perkins was like, where's Steve Kerr? So this is uh, Kendrick Perkins, you know, no doubt, talking around another uh, mouthful of, like, I don't know, cold cuts or something. Uh, where's Steve Kerr? He's always talking about other shit. He's not talking about Draymond. Yeah, because Draymond whacked a dude in the face. Steve Kerr then came out and was like, yeah, that's fucked. We need to fix it. So pretty weird, pretty funny. Uh, You've got KD just like, yeah, I hope he gets the help that he needs <laughs> and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, And the uh, other little bit that sort of popped off today, Anthony Edwards was asked in an uh, interview. It's like, all right, you know, People are comparing you to Michael Jordan. He's like, come on, piss off. He's the best to ever do it. It's like, yep. Well played, Anthony Edwards, because he is. And then he was asked, kind of half asked, uh, would MJ be able to guard you? And he's like, hell no. And I can't fault him for that. Because Michael Jordan's like 60. <laughs> There's no way he can cover Anthony Edwards right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, and final little bit. Uh, we sort of talked about the top five trade targets yesterday. Uh, it is December 15 as of today, our time. So tomorrow in the US, we'll be able to aggregate a lot of trades. Will we see anything sort of go down? Yeah, nah, probably not straight away. 
But I think you'll sort of see a lot more chatter emerge about where folks are going. And we've actually got a slate uh, this weekend, which I'll get to obviously when we preview it, where there's a lot of repeats of games from this week. Uh, so, you know, there's sort of two-game series between teams, and it's kind of like a bit, of a, a bit of a litmus test, I guess, for a few of those squads where it's like, all right, if we're still, f- like, cruising along not too bad, then we don't have to do much. I'm looking at you, Toronto, because uh, if Toronto kicked the piss out of Atlanta, it's like, you know that Messiah's just going to be like, all right, I still need four first for OG or else I'm not moving him. It's like, all right, great. Whereas Chicago, if they just keep winning Sands Levine, it's like, all right, who wants him? All right, boys, who wants him? <laughs> and away we go. Anyway, let's do some game wraps. Game wraps, 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 game wraps. That's right, game wraps from today. We had a really, really fun slate today. Uh, Cleveland, Boston. Uh, Cleveland, really. Cleveland! Couldn't quite keep up. 107, 116. Boston win this one at home. Mitchell drops 31. Not enough. Without Marbley! Just their defense just doesn't have that mobility, or somewhat ironically, for a bloke named Marbley. Um, It's like Jared Allen. Cool. Good. And the thing about Cleveland, that's right. Cleveland. Cleveland! It feels like every time Donnie Mitchell has a good game, Darius Rucker, Judy Garland doesn't. It feels so rare for them to both have a really good game and like mesh and play well together that it's the sort of thing where you look at it and go, "Ah, with December 15 sort of ticking over, is this the one sort of team that should be kicking the tires on going, just what could we do? Like, how big could we blow this up? Because. Donnie Mitchell has 31-8-6 today, right? With three turnovers, he goes 12-24 from the floor, 2-8 of eight from downtown. But it does feel like the stuff that Donnie Mitchell does, what does Donnie Mitchell does do? Do not do what Donnie Mitchell does not do. Do doesn't do not. Anyway, uh, it feels like it's much more replicable than Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. I feel like Garland is probably, weirdly enough, more important to their success than like the bloke who is a superstar scorer and had 31 against, you know, one of the very best defenses in the league who's averaging 27.5 points a game. He's averaging a lazy 27-5-5 five and five, is Donnie Mitchell, shooting 45% from the floor, but it doesn't feel like he moves the needle that much, which is weird. Whereas Garland, if you sort of just clear the fucking platter for him, off he goes. But really, without Mobley, it's just a bit of a tough one. My sweet baby Karis LeVert was awesome today off the bench. He had 26-5, and five, shot 9-16. Garland with the 19 points on 19 shots. It was just tough. Five turnovers to three assists. Go go the throw, Jared Allen only had eight and ten. But really, for the Cavs, they need like the three-pointers to drop. For Struess, he goes one of four. You need more from the minibus, George Niang. And it's like, yeah, it does feel like this team is starting Dean Wade. <laughs> and they're just small in the backcourt. It's weird. Garland, Mitchell, and Struess. D-Wade, the other D-Wade, and Jarrett go the throw Allen. So, I don't know. You put Mobley back in that, maybe it helps. But, jeez, the Celtics were really good. 27-11 for uh, Jason Tatum. He shot 9-22. You had 18 for the Extreme Zinger Meal. That's right, Extreme Zinger Meal. Extreme Zinger Meal. He looked good at times really early. And same with Jalen Brown. He got them off to an absolute flyer, and that sort of basically put the Cavs on the back foot. And that's how the Celtics sort of kept them at arm's length for most of the game. Uh, 22, 5 and 5 for him. 14 for Derek White. 15 for Drew Holiday. And they just looked really good. What I enjoyed was seeing them playing Lamar Stevens a bit more. He sort of gives them a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more pop. And I feel like we should be seeing a little bit more Lamar Stevens and O'Shea Brissett. But 
Instead, the Celtics are like, no, we need to play our white guys. <laughs> Sam Hauser, get out there. It's like, all right, Hauser was actually good. He went 3-3. But anyway, Celtics now 18-5, and amazingly 12-0 and at home. And uh, the Cleveland... Cleveland! Cavaliers are 13-12. and Uh... What else do we have? We had Chicago beat Miami in Miami. I called this one yesterday just because I feel like the heat on a back-to-back is always going to be a struggle. And the Bulls, they had four dudes in tw- uh, to score over 20 points. It was unreal. Whereas the heat just couldn't quite manufacture enough um, offense to keep up. And the Bulls didn't turn the ball over. They had five turnovers. They stuck with them in terms of the rebounding. And yeah, when you have four dudes score over 23, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. So still no BAM for Miami. It just makes it like their margin for error just dissipates very quickly, right? So you had 17 for Martin and Lowry, 20 for uh, 27 and 7. So 20 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists for Butler. But this is the game where you're like, all right, Jimmy, bring us home. And he's like, I don't know, man. It's fucking December. Playoff, Jimmy. You know, we're talking April. We're talking May. We're talking June. We're not talking December. 27 and 7 is what I'll give you. Any more than that, eh, you might have to buy shares in like Big Head Coffee or whatever the fuck. So, uh, Jaime Hawkins was really good. 20, 22, 4 and 4. 16 for Kevin Love as well. Turning back the clock, he hit three threes, three of eight from downtown. But even though they shot, what, 15 of 34 from downtown, they just didn't have the sort of the pop to stink uh, to stick with the Bulls because for the Bulls, They had a little bit of everything from everywhere, all right? Patch Williams did his thing of like nine points, two rebounds, three assists. Jim, that's not that great. Yeah, he also had two steals and two blocks. 23, five and four for DeMar DeRozan there. Vooch had 24 and 12 with seven assists. Carved him up. 26, seven and 11 for Kobe. Kobe White, I love him. He is fucking shredding and I'm all about it. I love Kobe White, you know that. 24 for Ayo Desumu. If he's miss, if he's not missing everything, he's hitting everything. So he put up an amazing spot of the night effort the other day. Did oh, uh, but he turned around. I think what was he like one of twelve, and now he's just gone ten of twelve. So <laughs> it swings and roundabouts. I'll tell you. Oh jeez, ao. Uh, yeah, what he went zero of six against Milwaukee the other day, and then goes ten of twelve today. That is nuts. What a lunatic! Great job, ao. But what a great game by him. 24 points. So the 24, the 26 for Kobe, the 24 for Vooch, the 23 for DeMorrison. They're now 10 and 16, the Bulls. And without Levine out there, you're just like, yeah, the ball moves. It finds energy and they just look good. And it also, they don't want to look, they don't look like they want to punch on with each other every fucking five minutes. So that's a win. <laughs> Miami, they drop to 14 11 6 and 5 at home. Just keep that in the back of your head as well. They're not that great in Miami this year. Uh Minnesota blew the doors off Dallas in the second half. Absolutely gave them the clamps. You want me to use these clamps? Uh 21 and 17 for Cat. He had this 8 12 and 5 with a block for Rudy Gobert. He had 14 for Conley. Ant-Man played uh which I mentioned yesterday. If Ant-Man plays, I'm going with the Wolves. If he doesn't, I'm going with the Mavs. He played He played like shit. But they still won. He had nine points on three of 19 shooting, five turnovers, but he was a plus 20. Yeesh, because he had 11 assists as well. 27 for Naz Reed, who shot the piss out of it. 7-11 from downtown. Uh, very, very good game for him. And the Mavs, it was basically the Luka show. 39-6-13. Sex him up, had 14-4-4. Four four. Continue his torrid streak. 
Loving that. But Derek Jones Jr., Grant Williams, and uh, Tim Hardaway, the lesser, really just went, hey, what's that over there? Oh, is it my foot? Hey, Jar Morant, give me a gun real quick. Bang, 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 bang. Just shot themselves in the foot time and time again. 4-15 for Hardaway. 1-8 of eight for Derek Jones Jr. And 2-11 of 11 for Grant Williams. Now, I'm no math magician. <laughs> but if you're going to have three dudes shoot 34 shots, I need them to make more than seven. What about from downtown, Jim? Yeah, they went two of 20 between the three of them. Two of 20. That's ridiculous. What are you doing? Luca's like, ah, fucking goddamn. Have baby at home. I need some sleep and these fucking assholes, not his shots. Bullshit. He got a tech as well for clapping. Fucking talk about old mate, no mates. Luca can't fucking get anything. But really, this was really, really tight. It was awesome. Like, what the Mavs were up one at the half, and then the Wolves' defense just fucking completely kicked into gear. You've got Nicky Alexander-Walker dropping 13 on three or four from downtown. And uh, this is the thing about the Wolves. If that defense just sort of does this every so often and just goes, right, clamp time, fuck you. This is the fourth best offense in the NBA. And the Wolves held them to like 41 points in the entire second half. It's ridiculous. Anyway, Wolves now 18 and 5. Mavs 15 and 9. That's a big win for the Wolves. It's a big win, I'll tell you. Uh, Denver shit pump, Brooklyn Nits. Uh, Nikola Jokic, hello. Uh, just fucking toyed with Nick Claxton and Dayron Sharp. Just had them in all sorts of problems with the uh, foul trouble. Um, but yeah, the Nets on a back-to-back. This was always going to be a tough ask in Denver, where the Nuggets are now 10 and 1 at home. Jesus. Uh, 5-11 for Dinwiddie for 17 and 8 assists. 13 points on 13 shots for Cam Thomas. But it was, yeah, the Bridges and uh, Cam Johnson duo who didn't really show up. 9 points, 0 rebounds, 1 assist in 25 minutes for Bridges. 22 minutes for Cam Johnson. He had 10 points on 10 shots. So if you're sort of two big wings are going to be able to uh, give you a very, very, very sweet dick hole, then you're cooked. 8 at 30 from downtown for the Nets in this one. It's just like, uh, yeah. They've suddenly got like a bunch of dudes like Trenton Watford and Day, uh, Armoni, Armoni Brooks and shit. You know, Jalen Wilson, just stuff like that where it's like, oh, maybe a veteran shooter would be a better idea. But either way, I don't know. Bring back Simo. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jam Jamal Murray had 16 and three steals. Joker with a triple-double, the 26, 15, and 10. Not bad. 13 for Aaron Air Gordon. 18 for Peyton Watson. It was actually the bench that really just kicked the shit out of him in the nugs. Uh, yeah, Watson had the 18. 12 for Reggie Jackson off the bench. And Christian Brown had 10, 4, and 2 with a couple of blocks. He was everywhere. Uh, but really, Joker just dominated this game and just had it fucking by the scruff of the neck. He did. So, good times, great memories. Brooklyn Nets on the back-to-back. It was a tough one. It was always going to be a tough ask. I thought they'd keep it close. I think I had them picked. Oh, no, it didn't. I ended up going with Denver minus 9.5. So, yeah. I Yeah, as I mentioned on yesterday's preview, it was going to be about Joker dominating. That's exactly what happened. So, uh, OKC Sacramento played an absolute blinder. 123-128. We had SGA versus Fox. Just an old-fashioned fucking teeter-teet. It really was. Uh, this was a fun, fun game. Unlike Utah-Portland, which I'll talk about in a second. But look, the Thunder just... It felt like they're lacking that one extra scorer sometimes. Like, Dort had 17. Giddy didn't miss until the third quarter. He finished with 18, 8, and 4 with three steals and a block. He went 8 of 14 from the floor and 2 of 3 from downtown. He had 14 and 11 with three blocks for Chet. 
not bad, but it was just that sort of like where if Isaiah Joe's going to go one of five, it shouldn't sink you, but it did. Because like Dort goes three of five from the floor. Jay Len Williams goes 0 of 4 and 2 of 14 overall. That hurt. Uh, and it feels like if Jay Len and Jay Lynn Williams don't have that sort of big impact on a game-to-game basis, it shouldn't hurt them as much as it does. But because they don't have those sort of extra veterans that you can throw out there, the Thunder... Talk about teams with like a pretty minuscule margin for error. That's what the Thunder are sometimes. Like, Giddy had his best game in ages, it felt like, right? So basically, since the allegations popped off, he's been playing like dog shit. Today, really good. In 29 minutes, he has the 18, 8, and 4. Uh, 43, 6, and 9 for SGA on 13 and 27 shooting. He was great. But defensively, offensively, it's just one of these games where you're like, the Thunder just don't have that one extra dude. And this is the sort of game where you're like, ah... I'll tell you, it'd be pretty good. Is OG and Anobi. <laughs> just something like that, right? Just that one extra dude who can soar, you can lean on just to get a couple of buckets and maybe a couple of stops. Because Dort had 17 and 4. Very good game. But, like, they don't really care about him too much, and here we are. Anyway, 13 turnovers to 17. Like, the Thunder sort of just lost the rebounding battle. And 11 of 36 from 3 is sort of where they got sank. And it's like, really, I don't want to see the Thunder hinge on Isaiah Joe going one of five from downtown, but that's where we are. Uh, for the Kangs, the Demata Sabonis Suvlaki King train rolls on. 18, 16, and 7. It was great. But it was this was the Fox show. 41, 3, and 7 for him. 5, 11 from downtown. 14, and 25 from the floor. Crushed it. Malik Monk had 7 of 15. You had Keon Alice with 17 as well. Uh, not bad, man. Not bad. He went five or seven from three. Like, that's the sort of thing that you need. Like, when Kevin fucking Huerta is only throwing out four points and over three from downtown, they need that extra dude, and that's what happened. Keon Ellis stepped up big time. So, good win for the Kings. They shot the piss out in the end. 18 of 45 from downtown. And, uh, bang, sort of held them off down the stretch. And Chet sort of came alive late there too, which is pretty fun to see. But I'll tell you, we were on for young and old. These are two really fun young teams. You can sort of see where the improvement is for there for the Thunder. The Kings just look really good, just in general. Uh, Utah, Portland, the Great Barrier Reef once more outplayed DeAndre Ayton. Domin Ayton, my ass. Uh, softer than fucking charming, dominating. 21 minutes for Ayton, 14 and 9. 13 minutes for Duop. He had 15 and 5, motherfucker. Yes, mate. Give him hell, Duop. Give him hell, mate. Uh, but the Blazers, they were sunk by the simple fact that Shaden Sharp played like dog shit. More like Shaden shit sharp. 1 of 12. What are you doing, Shaden? 9 of 21 for Scoot. He was very good off the bench. He had the 23 points, 10 assists. Uh, shot 9 of 21, but it's all right. Aussie Matty T had a bit of a quiet one. 1 of 5 from the floor. But yeah, Anthony Penny Simons going 3 of 8 for 9 points total. Sharp 1 of 12. That fucked him up. Blazers were out of this, and then they put on a shit ton of points late, but it was not enough. Against this horrible Utah team as well. Like It's the sex man. He had 27-4 on 11-17 shooting. He had 24-5 for Simon Fontecchio, who went 5-5 five five from deep. He got 10-10 and 10 and 7 blocks from Walker Kessler. He is a fucking menace. 
And THT was dynamite, 23 and 4 with four steals, but he did go over six from downtown. But Kendricks, uh, Kendricks, Taylor Hendricks was pretty good, 10 and 7, 16 for Okjayo Baji as well. That's a good win. Chris Dunn going three of eight for his six points, but he had five assists as well. They shot over, like, if the Yaz are putting up 53.5% on you from the floor, you got to take a long, hard look at yourselves, Blazers. They're now two and seven at home, six and 17 overall. The Yaz. Moved to 9 and 16. Feeling good about themselves a little bit. And then finally, the Clippers outlast the Warriors. This is a pretty fun game. The Clippers don't look now, but they are fucking rolling. That is six on the trot. Six wins. They've beaten the Warriors twice now. Twice! As well as the Nuggets, the Yaz, the Kings, and the Blazers. Woo, dear lolly. And James Harden scored his 25,000th point in the NBA, which is pretty cool. Um, the Warriors are a mess. That's where we're at. They stink. It's horrible. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. There really isn't. They stink out loud. And, like, they made, they shuffled the uh, starting lineup, right? They started Cumbucket, Kaminga. They started Looney, uh, Clay, and Podemski. Podemski comes in for Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins was pretty bad off the bench. Anyway... Clay hit eight threes in this game, and the Warriors still couldn't get over the hump. It's because the Clippers can then just sort of hunt Steph, and Steph shot five of 17, including three of 13 from downtown. 17, four, and four. And when you've got dudes on the Clippers without Paul George, they go, Kawhi, yeah, out there. (laughs) (laughs) And you've got Trey, man, and you can throw dudes like Coffee and stuff like that at him. And that's kind of what they did. They hunted him. They worked him. And the Warriors are like, oh, well, we've got a Clay Thompson playing well, like the one time that he plays good once every week. And you're like, great. 8 to 12 from 3 from Clay. 30 points. We're going to win. Nope. Because they just gave the clamps to Curry. It's like, okay, everybody else beat us. And Podemski's like, oh, but I can't do that. 2 of 11 for him. Uh, Wiggins off the bench, 4 of 9. Same as Chris Paul, 4 of 9. They had 21 points between the two of them. Moses Moody, Moses Moody, and went four or six. But when Podemski, Clay, uh, Steph, Andrew Wiggins just not being efficient enough, you're going to get cooked. Only 11 turnovers today as well. But, you know, you win the rebounding battle. You don't get to the free throw line. And this is the thing. Harden sort of tips that in their favor because he had 28 and 15 with seven rebounds. He went to the line just ridiculous. Like it was 11 of 12 from the free throw line. He shot six of 12 from the floor, five or six from downtown. Coffee went 4 of 11 from 3 for 18 points. Kawhi had 27, 8 and 2. <laughs> and then down the stretch, it was Norm. Norm Powell just getting buckets. Just carried them home because he's just reliable as a fuck. So 21 for Norm. And away they go. It's a huge win for the Clippers. Just their balance. Now you have like, talk, we talked about margins for error just then about the Thunder. Now you've got Harden and Leonard and Rusty if you don't have Paul George, it's like it's probably going to be okay, folks. Like we've still got some stars, and if Harden's going to drop twenty-eight, seven, and fifteen on your head with four blocks, like you're probably going to be okay because you've still got a Kawhi Leonard, you've still got Norm, Zubes is playing really well. He had ten, eight, and two blocks, and away you go. So the Clippers now fourteen and ten. They've won six on the trot. Flip it up and reverse it. You got ten and fourteen for the Warriors, and they are not looking great. So. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a 
has a knife. I love a good old-fashioned shootout. I'll tell you what, uh, Fox versus SGA. SGA just absolutely lighting it up, looking very nice. SGA 43-9 and two steals. But De'Aaron Fox, 41-3 and seven. He shot 14 to 23. The difference was SGA just couldn't hit the threes. He goes one of five. Fox goes five of 11 from downtown with eleven of uh, eight of 11 at the free throw line as well. He just looked unreal going up against SGA, did Fox, and he's going to get the uh, performer of the day just because he looked unfucking real The dude looked tough as hell. It's like, you can try and stop me. Good luck, mate. <laughs> Joke, obviously, with a 26-15 and 10, dominated the Nets. And look, Donnie Mitchell on the loss, 31. Tatum was very good. Brown was good. It feels like Boston almost get like a collective that's not a knife today on uh, Cleveland. But Fox bat- out-battling, out-dueling SGA felt pretty good today. So I enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Naz Reed as well, coming off the bench to hit seven threes was very gnarly. He helped them win that game. 27 and 27-6-3 uh, and and with a steal. Not bad, bro. Not bad. How about spot of the night, though? Spud, 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 extremely tough uh, outing for Derek Jones Jr. as well. So when you've got three of your sort of main rotation uh, pieces not being able to hit a fucking shot, one of eight for Derek Jones Jr., not very good. And we also had, as I mentioned, the Podemski, two of 11 today, not very good. Shaden Sharp, though, one of 12 is just absolute gross territories, right? Gross. Uh, And we had, I think there was another pretty rough shooting night for somebody else. Who the fuck? It was Brooklyn, maybe? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, But the Shade and Sharp, 1 of 12, 0 of 5 from downtown. Talk about dudes who are just like, yeah, man, today I just might be really bad. And you're like, ah, can you just not? And he's like, nah, just don't know, man. Shaden Sharp, it does feel like the next step for him is to just be a little bit more vaguely consistent. Uh, so Shaden Sharp going 2 of 12. The 2 of 14 for Jay Len Williams was really tough as well. But out of everything today, in the most fitting fashion, after what we heard at the start of this episode, I would like to thank Julian Strother, that's right, the young fella on the Denver Nuggets for shooting 311! <laughs> was I am Matty S as well on Twitter swinging over the video from the Chrissy party singing that along as well you love to see it but of course having Nick pop up on the show that was unreal 
Legendary gear. 311, what a band. Who was Old Mate No Mates today? Old Mate No Mates. 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 That would be, well... It's obviously Draymond because everyone's dumping on him. It's like, oh, geez, I hope that fucking lunatic gets a bit of help. Uh, KD was obviously asked about it. He was like, yeah, just hope he gets a bit of fucking help as well. But KD also copped some strays from Iguodala. Iguodala. Uh, Iguodala was like on the podcast saying, oh, man, KD's only flaw is that he won't lift weights. But if you watch him work out, it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen. The ball goes in the hole the exact same way every single time. Back rim. KD's like, what the fuck, man? Now I don't lift weights? All right, man, these boys say anything on these podcasts. (laughs) So KD's old teammate is like, yep, he's a skinny motherfucker, isn't he? That old Kevin Durant, look at him. He can't even live weight. What a dork. And KD's like, dude, what the hell? (laughs) That's fucking brutal. I love it. Uh, Pantsing of the night. Oh, yeah. Um, Moni Brooks, I mentioned him earlier. He got got. Like Christian Braun, Christian Brown. Uh, it's one of those funny moments of like NBA scouting of like, oh, the white guy's coming at me in the fast break. I'll contest this. And Christian Brown's like, uh, you can fucking try. Pow, pow! Got him. Absolutely deleted Armoni Brooks. Like Brooks, to the point where you might just have to delete his basketball reference page because, uh, yeah, he got yammed on. It was pretty rough, I'll tell you. Oh, yes. uh, who was better than Lonzo Ball, though, Jim? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I will tell you what. Uh, first off, the Grim Reether, Duop Reith, the Great Barrier Reith, as mentioned, 15 points in 12 minutes, 6 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 6 from downtown, 5 rebounds, of 1 steal, 1 block, better than Aiton, just saying. Aiton being outplayed by his Aussie backups. It's like, it's a tradition as old as time. It's a tradition of heritage, really. It's gone from Rock'em Sock'em, Block'em Jock'em Landau to now do a, a Grim Reetha. It's like, yeah, maybe DeAndre Aiton is just shit. Play that man. Uh, Walker Kessler, as mentioned, the 8, 10, and 7 blocks was sick. But Kobe, Kobe White, I am absolutely here for all things Kobe White. He is fucking shredding. The bloke all of a sudden is now averaging 16.7 points a game, four and a half assists, shooting the piss out of it from downtown. Like in his last five, he's gone eight of 13, three of seven, five of seven, six of 10, and five of 10. That is just ridiculous. And then turn around today, uh, so that didn't include today's game, where he's just like, oh, sweet man. Also, I'm pretty good today. Kadoosh, just another 24 for you, bro. And you're like, God damn it, Kobe White. This changes everything, basically, for me, right? If Kobe White is just going to do this, Piss Levine off ASANP. You've got a 23-year-old point guard who's crushing it. Let him let him go. Let Kobe White just do his thing. 26 and 11 today, 4 of 11 from downtown. He's smashing it. He's crushing it. I fucking love it. I love Kobe White. He's got awesome hair. The dude rules. Levine's just a fucking sook. Piss him off. It's not hard. Get rid of him. 
I mean, it is pretty hard because he makes so much money, but still. All right, magic tweet of the day. Happy birthday to my beautiful granddaughter, Gigi. She's so so intelligent, smart, caring, and an all-around awesome young lady. Pop Pop loves you. (laughs) Okay, good job. Good job, Magic. Uh, That is his granddaughter. That's very nice. So he's out there giving props to the fam. What do we say? Thanks, Magic. You're not wrong. And, of course, this one's an easy one this week because, I don't know, the bloke who's going to win it, that's what the award's named after. It is, of course, Friday. That means Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week! A.K.A. the Draymond Green Award for Dickhead of the Week. Uh, Once again, in a surprise twist, won by Draymond Green! That's right. Come on, take a big bow there. There he is over there. Hello. Hello, Draymond. Oh, God, he's bashing me! Oh, he's fucking... Oh, Draymond! Don't do it to me! That's all right. Uh, Draymond Green. I'm not a big European fella, so maybe Draymond won't kick my head in, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. What a lunatic. Oh, I was just trying to flop for a foul. By punching a Nurkic in the head? What are you doing? You giant dickhead. So, Draymond, you win the Draymond Green Award for Dickhead of the Week. All right, let's take a quick break. Be back with some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right, let's do it. Let's do some yeah nahs. Brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Easy as. Go to nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. They're all right there. Buy a t-shirt, buy a hoodie. I'm actually wearing one of the t-shirts right now. It is very comfy. Tell you what, I had to go get a hairy at some point today as well. There's a couple of bit of loose hairs in the back. Like itching them out. But anyway, uh... Buy a t-shirt, and I'll chuck in a uh, stubby hold, one of the promo stubby holders. But the other actual nicer stubby holders are also there on sale too. Uh, coffee mugs, getting those picked up. So that'd be fun. Go get some stuff, would you? Makes for a great Chrissy present, man. Uh, has a pee at a good year, nah. Just watch Rick Carlisle's press conference where he says that his GM got elbowed by a buck in their team's hallway during the Ballgate fiasco. Is whoever did that big enough dickhead of the week to take the award from the namesake WWE Green this week? If I was at work and my office got stormed and I got a bruised rib, I'd be mightily pissed off. Yeah, nah. It's a very good point because this was like a bit of a moment with the ball gate where you're like, yeah. Chad Buchanan was like, yeah, I copped an elbow to the ribs. I'm probably going to be fine, but yeah, it hurt. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I don't know why. Oh, I understand why Giannis flipped out. Because he's like, where's the fucking ball, you assholes? That's a game ball that's mine. But yeah, Hazapi's like, yo, you're the Indiana GM. You're just like, what's going on? Oh, God, why am I getting elbowed by somebody from the Bucks? This is bullshit. But yeah, it's nothing 
Nothing will touch the sides of Draymond Green whacking Yusuf Nurkic in the face and being suspended indefinitely uh, to take your dickhead of the week away from him. But it's a very good call out. So thank you, Hazza. Good stuff. Uh, Dan Drosher, not sure we can be friends anymore. If you somehow talked, if you have somehow talked the Siakam for Tobias Harris trade into existence, I don't think I can forgive you. I asked for Masai to blow up the roster, not dropping in a vat of acid. Nobody got time for that. <laughs> I get it. I understood it, but it still sent cold shivers down my spine. Still can't believe Raps turned down three or four first for OG last year. Lucky to get half that this year. Uh, yeah, nah. Yeah, look, this the Siakam for Tobias Harris trade was much more just about the simple idea of um, Harris is like the much like the only sort of movable contract for the Sixers until uh, the start of January uh, when they can aggregate like Covington and Co, right, from the Harden trade. So it's more about like, all right, if you want a slight upgrade from Tobias Harris, you go Siakam, cool, whatever. Uh, and with if you're attaching stuff to that, of course, to make the other team happy, and then Harris is vaguely good enough that you could then... The other team should then be looking to reroute him. So it's kind of more about like the uh, the sort of the money placeholder of Tobias Harris. Because it like you've got the Raptors there. You don't want to replace Siakam with Tobias Harris. Like that's just fucking walking on a treadmill. Like you're moving Tobias Harris somewhere else. It's in a three-teamer. Off you go. But yeah, I'd, I don't want to wish the Tobias Harris experience onto anybody else. Like... It looked so good at the start of this year. And then in the last like three weeks, it's just been so, ugh. Thanks for coming to Bice. He's like, you got a boss. 19 points. Um, <laughs> it's just, it is very tough. The thing is like a player like Tobias Harris, you got to look around the league and go, who actually wants Tobias Harris? It's a very, very sparse I think our wasteland of Tobias Harris wanting. Uh, Dan also mentioned, you made me sad bringing up the Raps and Knicks lawsuit. Surely that can't get in the way of basketball ops. There's a trade there. OG for quickly Grimes and first rounders or send RJ back to Canada. Yeah, nah. I actually really like the idea of RJ back to Canada. It feels like the Knicks and RJ, it never is going to hit the potential that RJ has. I think if he's back in Canada, maybe you have him next to Scoob and suddenly you've got a couple of really big ball handlers. Maybe he comes out of his shell a little bit. I do feel like RJ is the one dude on the Knicks where he's maybe just not quite utilized properly. And if you got him in return, you'd be like, yeah, he's a younger dude. We can sort of maybe still tap into that potential. I like that one. So I'm going to say, yeah, that's a good one, Dan Drusha. Uh, right, I'll just quickly check to see if there's any other messages because of... Uh, been pretty bloody busy today, I tell you. Oh, Jim, do you have a job, man? Yes. Isn't this your job, bro? It's like, well, a lot of it, but still. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, nothing. That's it. All right, good job. Let's do an unpopular opinion of the day, then. Shall we? What do we reckon? Now, look at me, please. Look at me. 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 Um, most improved player of the year award. To operate, I'm just saying. If you just go from a bloke who wasn't in the league and you keep kicking ass and taking names, maybe we're talking rookie of the year. Woo! Fuck you, Wimbenyama. We're going the Great Barry Root, baby. Uh, no, actually, Naz Reed, six man of the year. Just keep an eye on that one, because if the Wolves keep doing this and Naz Reed keeps just fucking kicking ass and taking names, 
we might have that moment of like, uh, is he going to come flying in over the top for six men of the year? Yeah, maybe. All right. What about Outback Takeouts though, Jim? It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, four for one oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right, it's Australian for horse piss. I mean, beer. That's right, it's definitely not horse piss in these giant cans. But it goes great with the Flame Girl Take, and today's Flame Girl Take is... The reason Steve Kerr's not coming out and saying too much is because he's happy to let Draymond hang himself his own fucking rope, because he's fucking sick of his shit. He's like, this is actually, just quietly, fucking great. Because now we're going to have to fucking try to trade this dickhead. Or maybe you pull his fucking head in and I won't have to deal with this shit anymore. Only at Outback. Uh, there were some interesting ones in that Ramona Shelburne piece uh, on ESPN about Draymond from the other... His last suspension, you might remember, when he choked out a giant Frenchman. Uh, he was like sitting in an ice tub. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm really growing up. I've got to be more mature. Smash cut to him fucking trying to whip the head off a giant Bosnian. Like he's some sort of uh, other Eastern European, like Montenegrin or something. And uh, it's like, yeah, this is not ideal. A bloke from Herzegovina? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Take a quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Speaking of hammer, it was good to see uh, Corey Homicide Williams back in Australia, courtside for the uh, United Phoenix game. That was really cool. I'm happy that he's uh, doing all right. It's very, very cool. Just good to see him. That is a uh, absolute fucking brutal one for him. Anyway, uh, today, how do we go with the Aussie the Australian player watch? We only had, as I mentioned, Dante Sexum Up Exum, a.k.a. Kangaroo Kobe. 28 minutes as another starter for the Mavs. This is his first loss as the starter, you know, in the last week and a bit. Five or six from the floor, though. Two or three from downtown. Two or two at the line. It's not his fault. It was a plus seven in 28 minutes. Play more Dante. What are we doing? 14 points, four rebounds, four assists. He was really bloody good. I'll tell you. He really was. Uh, I've already mentioned the Great Barrier Reef. In 12 minutes, he had the 15 points. Uh, He was a plus 21 in a game they lost by eight. Now... Is this where we start talking about whether or not Chauncey Billups is actually just a horribly shit coach? Because <laughs> what are we doing? He shot 6 of 11, 3 of 6 from 3, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block. The Great Barrier Reef, you star. Aussie Matty T, Matisse Tybal played 17 minutes. He went 1 of 4 from deep, 1 of 5 overall. 3 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists and a steal as well. Bit of a rough one for their uh, for your old Matisse, but still... All okay in the end. Uh, and Josh Giddy up. Giddy up. 29 minutes for Giddy. 8 of 14 from the floor. 2 of 3 from 3. He had 18, 8 and 4 with 3 steals and a block. Played really, really well. Plus 10 in a game they lost by 5. I just want to see this every game. Like This is the consistency we, consistency we need to see from Giddy now. Trying to put a fucking mess behind him. Hopefully it's just like he can sort of just sort out his shit. You know, that'd be good. Uh, Sweaty Hairy Bloke of the Week. We'll just go. I love, love, love uh, Walker Kessler. So it was like the one thing I was was watching, obviously, the Great Barrier Reef in that Portland-Utah game. Uh, And you watch Walker Kessler, and it's like, God, that dude is just big, sweaty, 
Fox headed, and he had a great game. 10, 10, and 7. I had that 8, 10, and 7. That was weird. 10, 10, and 7 blocks for Walker Kessler. God damn, he was good today. Also, big, hairy, sweaty bloke. Not so much hairy as the old Kessler. He's got that big fucking box head of his. But yeah, pretty sweaty. So great job there. Uh, right, let's do a Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in because we've actually got a Patty Thrills, Patty Mills uh, update on the old IGs, which is always good. We also had a Dante one where Dante wearing a uh, Dallas Santa hat next to Greeny looking great. And then he has an essential water, essential partner as he's watching some hoops on his couch. Uh, but Patty Thrills had the great uh, post today, I think it was. Yeah. It's the vibe. I rest my case. It's the vibe and, uh, yeah, nah, that's it. It's the vibe. Just basically showcasing some of his pretty awesome actual outfits. I'll tell you what. That is a man who dresses for a bit of comfort. He's looking good. Great job, Patty. And there's a uh, bit of an ad to on his IG story too where it's like seeing straight the label come to life. But there's like a lady out there fucking shredding. It looks like it's AI, but that's awesome. And then he's got straight the label Pacific. Oh no, it's actual surfing. That's awesome. Good stuff. Straight the label. That's his missus' uh, thing. So good on you, Patty. Back in the lady. All right, let's do some game previews for a big weekend. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How'd you go on the old uh, Christmas party? Yeah, bloody good. Just lots of talking and shit at those. I love it. Just neck and tinge, talking shit. It was very fun, very nice. I do work with some legends, so it's good. Uh, how did we go on the picks today? We actually crushed some of the picks. I think we hit... How many games did we have? We, I think we had... We got five of the ones. We had Celtics hit, Chicago hit, Minnesota hit, Denver hit. So that was four of... Five of six, Jesus. Yeah, the only one we missed was OKC. Against Sacramento, because I uh, had the Clippers minus five and a half over the Warriors too. So, good stuff, bro. I was pretty happy with the Chicago pick. So, uh, Tomorrow, we have Indy in Washington, minus seven and a half. Always a bit tricky when the Indy defense is involved against a team like even Washington, who can sort of hang the teams offensively. If you can't get stops against them, like, yeah, it makes it tough to cover a line. But the pace is seven and a half. It feels like they can do that in their sleep. You know? Let's go Indy minus seven and a half. Detroit play against Philly again. This time it's in Philly. Oh, geez. Embiid might have 60 after uh, Giannis did it. But the line in this is 16.5 points. I'm just going to take Detroit plus 16.5 because even if they're up by 20, Philly will just go, right, we're sitting the starters for the third, fourth quarter again, and Detroit end up losing by a 16, and you've covered your 16.5. It also wouldn't surprise me if Detroit, with 21 straight losses, somehow just won this game because Philly is sleepwalking through it thinking, oh, it's an automatic win. So give me Detroit plus 16.5. I'd feel better about that if uh, Jalen Duran was healthy, but anyway. Uh, New Orleans go to Charlotte. The Pelicans are obviously very good at times, but they are wildly inconsistent. Charlotte are very sneaky. They're getting 7.5 points at home of the Hornets. I'll take Charlotte plus seven and a half. The Pelicans defense, they should be able to sort of like slow down the likes of Spindles Miller. But they've just got enough outlets, I think, Charlotte. Like the likes of Gordy Hayward. 
of Terry Rousey, along with Miller, along with Miles Bridges, that they might just sort of be able to stick close with the Pelicans. So I'll take Charlotte plus seven and a half. Same thing goes with the Spurs plus seven and a half against the Lakers. We saw a really good battle between them yesterday. LeBron James didn't play that one. He'll probably play this one. In San Antonio, plus seven and a half. I think they can try to keep that one close as well. So give me the Spurs plus seven and a half. Orlando at Boston. The Magic Men give the Celtics a bit of uh, the old what for, don't they? I feel like if we quickly look at some of the uh, history between these two teams, I actually really like the Celt- uh, the Magic plus five and a half against the Celtics because you've got the Celtics on a back-to-back. Orlando have got all those big wings. They're a pain in the ass to play against. And the Magic have beaten them four straight times. I am taking the Orlando Magic plus five and a half. Thank you very much. Between Franz Wagner, Hallo, and Paolo Bengaro and co. Let's go to the Magic. Atlanta at Toronto. We saw this game the other day as well. Toronto minus two and a half this time. I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto win this one again. It feels like, yeah, everything sort of fell into place against this Atlanta defense last game where they had their full do- best dudes actually play all, you know, well together at the same time. They could probably do the same. So give me Toronto plus minus two and a half. The Atlanta defense, it's just very stinky. Houston playing Memphis again. We're going to Houston minus three and a half. Uh, they were they did win the other game by nine. I'm going to take the Rockets minus three and a half against Memphis. The Grizzlies, look, Triple J is playing out of his mind, but Houston just have just probably enough in the way of weapons uh, to keep them at arm's length. And then the Knickerbockers go to the Phoenix Suns, uh, the New York Knickerbockers of New York City. KD, Beal, Booker. It didn't work last time out. I think this one will be okay. Give me the Suns minus four and a half. I think KD just is obviously a bad matchup for a lot of teams, but a very bad one, I think, for the Knicks. Uh, Sunday, we've got Detroit at Milwaukee with the... With the uh, Pistons on a back-to-back, we'll go the Bucks. Philly on a back-to-back, head to Charlotte. I actually, I'll still take Philly to win that one. But yeah, when it comes to the line, I'd probably still go Charlotte there. Cleveland host Atlanta. The Hawks on a back-to-back. I'll just go Cleveland at home. Hawks on a back-to-back on the road. That is a rough ask. Indy go to Minnesota. I'll take the uh, Wolves at home where they are nigh on unbeatable. And that defense, just to give the clamps to Indy a little bit. Chicago go to Miami again. I'm going to take the heat in this one with Chicago. A couple of nights in Miami under their belt. Packer up, boys. We're a bit cooked. Go uh, Brooklyn. Go to Golden State. This should be a really good game. I'm taking Brooklyn in that one. The Warriors, just a bit of a mess. Brooklyn can kind of hang with them. And if and they should win it. Dallas go to Portland. The Mavericks should win that. Aussie Matty T and the Grim Reith are up against their mates. Dante Sexum up Exum and Josh Greeny Green. OKC go to Denver. You've got Josh Giddy uh, and Chet probably being eaten up by Joker. So we'll go Denver and hosting OKC. We'll go the Nuggets. That should be a really fun game. Sacramento hosts the Utah Yaz. I'm going to take the Kings in that one pretty handily. And the Knicks then play the Clippers on a back-to-back having just played in Phoenix. We're going the Clippers. Seven straight for the Clips. Then Monday, Orlando-Boston again. I think Boston by that point could probably turn that around and win that one. So I'll take Boston on Monday. New Orleans at San Antonio. I think the Pelicans should be fired up after that game against Charlotte tomorrow. I think the Pels can win that. Milwaukee host Houston. It's Algonquin for the good land because Milwaukee will win that. Phoenix will beat Washington. And Golden State will get right again and probably win in unconvincing fashion against Portland on Monday. And there you go. That is the week. Chaos. 
done. Pack her up, boys. Looking forward to a big weekend ahead and then the final week before Christmas. Uh, we'll only do a Boxing Day wrap and then I'm going to take a week or two off uh, over New Year's and shit. So um, we might have one other sort of show in there for that week. But yeah, I've actually got to take some time off this year. Um, but either way, we'll be back all week next week. Don't worry about that. We'll set you up for Boxing Day and Chrissy and shit. So don't stress, mate. Don't stress. Uh, so we're back on Monday. Wrap up the weekend for you. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IG, all over the socials. Get around NFL Australia, myself and Gaz, as well as Goxie this week. Talking all things NFL. That was fun as hell. And of course, Cricket Today, the Cricket Today podcast. We've got the first test going on right now. Stats guy, you've heard him on this show, along with Marcus and Leo doing that every single day. It is awesome. And of course, Football Today. That's right, your soccer podcast. All your soccer needs, Football Today podcast. Go search that out. Subscribe. Check it out. It's really good. That's Alex, Stats Guy, and Marcus crushing it. They do a great job as well. So cricket talk, football talk, get right around them all. Uh, and obviously, smashnbaaustralia.com slash shop and get some merch, would you? Chuck us a rating review on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on your Android phone. It does help out. So come on, help a brother out. And big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song alongside House Hats, Joshua Dallarentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Section I, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, remember, NBA Australia support Australian bands, and of course, 311. Uh, <laughs> how good was it to have Nick from 311 play from Oslo? That was fucking gnarly, bro. And big thanks to Nick from uh, 311 for uh, that awesome little intro. Loved it. I was so... Oh, you should have fucking seen me. I was grinning from ear to ear, so... All right, we'll close out with a uh, throwback cooking with Bainsey for you, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good weekend, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And it's tin time. Later, Hosen. Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> g'day, g'day, g'day. Yes, how are you all? Oh, well, look at you over there. <laughs> I see you over there again, Cheryl. Yes, we know that you love it. Oh, this is great. Yeah, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainsey. I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsey. All right, so this here episode, we're going to whip up one of my absolute favourite Australian staples. You can have it whenever as well, at night, for dinner, after a big night on the Terps. It's that absolute Aussie classic. It is Hawaiian pizza. Oh, yes, that's right. I love me some Hawaiian pizza, and it's easy as to make, mate. I mean, it definitely helps keeping up this physique, if you know what I mean. I reckon I probably cook about three of these bloody things a week, you know what I'm saying? And also, hey, just just for yous out there as well, don't bloody listen to anyone who says shit about pineapple on pizza. They can go and do what I tell every centre in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They can go fuck themselves, all right? You can put whatever the fuck you want on pizza. It's pizza. All right, so anyway, Hawaiian pizza is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is 
Go down to your soupy and grab yourself a pizza base. I love the spongier, thick ones, you know. Grab a thing of tomato paste. Now, don't bother with the fancy pants shit with basil or oregano in it unless you want to be like all fancy pants and shit. Because uh, then you just grab a bunch of shredded ham from the deli. Grab a bag of shredded cheese. Now, you can have mozzarella, cheddar, home brand, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. It's just bloody cheese. And the key ingredient, a tin of pineapple chunks. Now, it's pretty easy to whip this bad boy up, so let's get to it. All right, here we go. Now, just whip your base out. There you go. All right, now, smother it with the tomato paste. Well, snip. There you go. Smooth it out a bit. Just make sure it's all over the inside thing. Now, dump your ham on there. Yep, all this shredded ham. Now, oh, get your fingers amongst that. Shove that to the edges. There you go. Spread that out nice and even. Yep, there you go. All right, now, cover this liberally with the dead pig. Come on, man. You've got to put the ham everywhere. You just need heaps and heaps and heaps of ham. Just make sure it's the nice shredded stuff, though. All right, now, drain your pineapple into the sink. Or you can, you know, you can drain it into a cup and uh, drink that pineapple juice, you know. What bloke doesn't like a cup of pineapple juice, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah, there we go. Now, fang the chunks of pineapple on there. Just put it everywhere, you know, just throw it around. And then cover up the entire bloody thing with your shredded cheese. All right. Now, we've got this oven over here. Just wang her in there in the oven. There you go. Just for a good 15, 20 minutes at about 220 degrees Celsius. None of that Fahrenheit bullshit. Now, sit back, grab a tin. And let her cook. Oh, doesn't that bloody well smell delicious? All right, now here's one we made a little bit earlier. So you can see once it's browned and a bit on the edges and all your cheese is all melty and nice, you whip her out, you chop her up into slices, and Bob is your bloody pizza-loving uncle. Now, give it a sec to cool down before you chow down. Don't burn your bloody tongue because that cheese will be hot as buggery, eh? So, all right, now it's there. Just get your bloody munch on. And that is an absolute bloody ripper of a meal. The best bit is, and this will impress everyone, right? You can cook it whenever you want. Mates, the missus, kids, everyone bloody loves Hawaiian pizza. And if they don't, just give them the old bangers, don't argue, and go tell them to cook their own bloody pizza. Because this is just bloody delicious, mate. All right, how easy was that? Cool. There you go. That is absolutely unreal. Love me some Hawaiian pizza. All right, so that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.